Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of, for, and by you, the people. We welcome back Scott Paul. Scott is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. The AAM is a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. And for years now, Scott and the AAM have worked to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for you and for me, for voters, also for our leaders on a national level. They've done it through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. More than a pleasure to have Scott back with us. Scott, happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining us once again. Hey, Leslie, happy Tuesday to you as well. Scott, there's just been so much going on. You and I have talked about some of the ideas that President Trump has had with regard to, in, you know, bringing jobs back to America and increasing manufacturing are good. Um, yet we have heard from uh, some union uh, leaders uh, like Mr. Trumpka um, that, you know, the president, in a sense, is speaking out of both sides of his mouth because, you know, it, it, there seems to be some action that would help with regard to manufacturing jobs. But then there are regulations stripped that would hurt workers in the manufacturing field. And then I think it was yesterday, uh, you know, we're seeing that countries like Mexico and other Latin American countries are kind of turning their uh, trade and, and productivity away from the United States with some of the actions and threats from the president and looking to China. So we got a lot to talk about today. Um, uh, first of all, I, I want to talk about the American worker, okay? And the American union workers, especially manufacturing workers. Uh, Scott, what do, you, what do you think right now workers think of President Trump? What do they think of him and, and what do they want him to do? Because many voted for him based on promises he's made. And quite frankly, in less than 100 days, some people said, what about those promises, sir? They're not seeing a lot of them fulfilled or even action toward that goal. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. And I'm, I'm glad you pointed out because I, you know, I do think, and, and we both know this, that there, you know, there are a whole lot of workers, particularly in the industrial Midwest, that maybe had voted for Obama, uh, maybe even voted for Bernie Sanders, uh, who who ended up voting for, uh, for for Trump in the general election, and um, you know we've kept in touch with a number of these workers uh, along the way to kind of gauge how they're feeling about things. And so, you know, Trump uh, did follow through and, and uh, take, take us out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade agreement, although I think we'd both agree that that agreement was pretty much dead uh, already. So um, it was, I think that was one of the easiest things he could have done. But in, in these other cases, you know, they're still waiting for something to happen. And I just, you know, just in the last week, 
you know, Trump has repeatedly, repeatedly said, buy American, hire American. That, that's going to be uh, the, 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 the standard that we impose on infrastructure and pipelines. And then says the, the, for the Keystone Pipeline, well, actually, it doesn't apply to that. <laughs> so uh, the White House said that. Uh, Trump had, had continued his, his rhetoric. And so, you know, what they do matters as much as what they say. And so I still think that we're in a case where people who voted for him are, are going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt for a while. Uh, but I also think that, Leslie, that they're running out of excuses for a lot of this. I mean, you know, China hasn't been designated as a currency manipulator. They haven't begun uh, negotiations to, uh, to to reform or replace the uh, North American Free Trade Agreement. Talk of a sizable investment in infrastructure seems to have been pushed back. Um, and, and so there's you know, these are the issues, I think, that are going to make a difference for those workers. It's not the – I cannot imagine these workers are going to get all excited about uh, repealing the Affordable Care Act or, you know, the the travel ban for uh, refugees and, and other, other, other uh, classes of immigrants. Um, I can't imagine they're going to get excited about a corporate tax cut. Um, and uh, I can't imagine that they're going to get excited about, yeah, repealing kind of worker safety requirements either. And so uh, the, the, you know, they'll, they'll need to deliver. And, and what I have a hard time understanding is that, you know, on this trade issue, and, and we've talked about this uh, frequently, and I know you've had other guests who have who were Democrats and who are progressive, and, and people, you know, like Bernie Sanders, like Senator Sherrod Brown, Leo Girard, who all want to, President of the Steelworkers, who all want to see this kind of trade reform, um, and yet uh, the, the, the actions that Trump has been taking so far are driving a wedge into that effort rather than bringing folks together. Uh, and it, it's a, you know, I, I think they're running out of time. I think the strategy that they're employing is, is not ultimately something that is going to have great appeal to, uh, to, to, to the working class folks uh, who really do have an interest in bringing manufacturing jobs back uh, and, and having more opportunities. When we look at some of what is happening, you know, we see Make America Great Again on the hats. Uh, the president, you know, talks about, hey, we're going to, you know, people are going to make things here. People are going to buy things here. And it's really great. It's a great, you know, you, you get excited about that prospect. But a couple of things. One, the the, the president, again, talking out two sides of his mouth, um, you know, he, he will say that they're going to use American steel, but he himself has been guilty of using uh, steel from China. And we see that there are some exceptions and waivers uh, for certain projects, um, like the Keystone Pipeline, um, like the Dakota Access Pipeline, and, and other things where, you know, they, these companies, uh, these organizations, um, these corporations don't have to buy American, and they're going to be spending a lot more than most of the American people are as consumers. Yeah, they they are, and I, you know, it's it's been fascinating to me because I think that the um, that the uh, idea of Trump 
having outsourced his steel and his, you know, in addition to all his clothing lines and, uh, you know, Ivanka's line and, and the, the furniture and everything else, uh, it's interesting. The supporters are willing to excuse that away somehow by saying, well, he's a man in private business and he's going to change all the incentives. Um, and uh, and th- But things are different when it comes to policy. <laughs> but, but right, then you look at policy and you see after after even like last week being in meetings where he was talking about buy American, hire American, we're going to do this 100% uh, you know, made in America steel for our pipelines. Um, and I insisted on it. And then to have a spokesperson come out and then say, oh, but you you know, by the way, it doesn't apply to the Keystone. We're sorry about that. You know, that's yeah. That 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 to me is a again. I think his supporters might find a way to excuse that um, and, and 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 to for, and to forgive that. Uh, but but the when you're when you haven't delivered on anything yet on on Buy American, I think it's uh, you know I, I I think it's a bit of a bit of a false start, and so. Um, the folks are right to jump on the administration for, for doing this about face. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're actually going to hear from one of America's workers and what he wants the president to do, to do because, you know, one, one of the things is we have to have things made in America, but we also have to have incentive to buy American. And we had that before Trump was president, but if he's going to put this, you know, America first, you know, he's got to encourage people to do that perhaps. Let's hear more from Scott Paul from the AAM and also we'll hear from one of those workers in manufacturing right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. We're talking with Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, thank you for holding. Welcome back. We were talking about what workers think of Donald Trump and what they want from him. Let's listen um, to an individual who is an iron worker, retired iron worker, and what he says uh, to our president. His name is Roddy Rice. Um, We have a couple of clips of him. Here's the first. This is Roddy Rice on President Trump. I've never heard him actually come up with a plan I mean, I, anyone can go out and make somebody feel good, tell them what they want to hear. I misjudged how America's uh, actual attitude was, and he still hasn't come up with any plans. He's got he's got some ideas that are appealing. I, I won't deny that, but he but he's my president. You know, that's I I didn't like the way the Republicans 
dealt with Obama, President Obama, but I don't think they should reciprocate. We got to fix the country. You know, it doesn't do any good to sit there and try to hold up legislation for another four years till uh, something else happens. And pity us if we end up with Spence as president. <laughs> okay. Uh, some people think that. I don't know. I think I'd rather have Pence than Trump. A little bit more from Roddy Rice. This is what he wanted to hear when we heard uh, the speech from the president at the joint session of Congress, which many people um, th- thought was a good speech. But this, this is what he wanted to hear. I want some substance. I want to see if, if he's going to push on the Republican leadership to follow through on things like, you know, buy America. Because if he's not going to push through, I don't know if he knows how to, you know, being the owner of a company, you tell somebody to do that. He can't tell them to do this. He has to persuade them to do it. And he has to work with the Republic or with the Democrats or nothing's going to get done. And, and I really hope something gets done. Um, a lot of people feel that way. Scott, uh, speak to that. Is that a lot of what you're hearing from workers in manufacturing? Yeah, yeah, and I think you know Roddy is someone who uh, is is and and knows people who are directly impacted by these decisions, um, and and their livelihoods depend you know depends on issues like Buy America, for instance, um, and and so I think that. You know, again, you know, hearing the rhetoric and even, you know, I will say when, I, when I've heard Trump talk about the need to reform trade policies, again, this is something that, you know, everybody from Bernie, Sanda, Bernie Sanders to uh, Sherrod Brown have, have mentioned as well. And so it's good to hear that. But, but Roddy also says, yeah, I haven't heard the plan. And I think that's really important, um, especially uh, as he diagnoses. You know, the you know Trump is used to having his way. You can't do everything. You can't do a lot of this through executive order. Uh, it's going to take working with the, the Congress uh, in in Roddy's home state of Wisconsin. He has a strong ally in, in Tammy Baldwin, and and uh, she brought. Roddy to Washington, and and uh, he was her guest for the joint address to the Congress, and so Roddy, Roddy got to sat, sit in the gallery and watch uh, Trump's speech. Uh, but but Roddy also has Paul Ryan, you know, who has has, has has been kind of a traditional Republican on these issues, not very friendly to, to workers, uh, and Senator Ron Johnson, who kind of falls into the same category, and so. So there's going to be a lot of work to do, and I think that his healthy dose of skepticism uh, is absolutely correct, and also the need to to prod this along and to uh, say, look, we'll work with you when we agree with you, but we need to see some substance. What's the plan? Uh, exactly, and 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 there are also a lot of there's a lot of confusion 
as to uh, what is going on. But I want to speak to the Buy America. Obviously, a lot of Americans, you know, who are business owners and certainly people who work in manufacturing or at the top in the field of manufacturing want Americans to buy American. Do you feel that Donald Trump as president could do more to encourage people to do that? Or do you feel that we as consumers have some personal responsibility there, Scott, that we have lacked over the years because we as consumers obviously contribute um, to our trade deficit uh, if we don't buy American, then again, not everything can be bought in America if it's not made here. Uh, right. And I think that's a big part of it. So so part of this is what the government buys, and that's where policy matters, and that's why this policy calls, called Buy America matters. It's it's not like, you know, the federal government is forcing consumers to buy things, but, but for tax dollars, like for building bridges, uh, for buying tanks, uh, to, to, to have American-made materials and to have American workers doing those, that's been a part of our, our policy uh, since the 1930s, although there's a lot of loopholes in it, and it's something that uh, Trump says he wants to, t- to tighten up, as, as Senator Baldwin from uh, Wisconsin does. And, and then, Leslie, you rightly point out the consumer aspect of this. We can demand more American-made products, and I think a lot of people are. There seems to be uh, a real interest in that, and there are some retailers uh, who have responded to that, some of the mass market retailers, and there are a lot of the, the, the folks who have always kept it local. Um, and and my you know my sense is that some of these companies are doing really well uh, because there's a loyal consumer following uh, to them, but others of them run into problem because they face like subsidized competition or low wage competition from countries like Vietnam and China, and, and that that's harder to sort out. But yeah, speak speak with your you know in the voting booths with your advocacy, but also but also with your with your wallet uh, and your purse. I think those are really important principles as we move ahead. Uh, we have 90 seconds before we go uh, next. Um, it, it, just your take on the speech, because, you know, that's behind us now, and we are looking forward. Uh, the president's speech, uh, specifically regarding manufacturing and jobs, uh, to his joint session of Congress. Yeah, the uh, so, so the president... Um, uh, did have a he, he he recited a litany of data about what was wrong. So Roddy's right. He's like he talks about the problem, but he doesn't talk about the plan. And so other than doing the slogans like "Buy America, Hire America," and and the fact that he already said he will renegotiate the TPP, there wasn't a lot of substance there. And so I don't think it moved the ball forward at all. And that's why all of us are are saying, "What's next? Uh, what what's next?" And 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 are, are are becoming a little more skeptical about it, precisely because of some of these issues that the workers have raised. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with Scott Paul, president of the AAM, and more right after this. Questions or comments, give us a buzz, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Back in a moment. President of the American Alliance for American Manufacturing. Check out the website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Please follow Scott on Twitter. A lot of good stuff that you get. I retweet his stuff all the time at Scott Paul AAM. Um, Scott, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Um, 
there are ideas out there. We heard from the retired iron worker, and we've definitely uh, heard from you. We've heard the president with regard to you know his remarks, and like you said, there weren't a lot of specifics. There wasn't a lot of substance, and that seems to be a complaint, you know, about the president. One of the things that bothers me is that a leader should lead by example, and I'm sure you would love to hear Donald Trump say any product that has the name Trump on it will no longer be, you know, HO in Mexico or made in China, Bangladesh, India, and that's not the case. So how do we trust somebody who is a businessman is not bringing his jobs back to America uh, to bring other jobs back to America when he's angering a lot of these countries with their jobs and, they, and they're now starting to do trade deals with other countries? Right, right. So it is a – this is one of the paradoxes that is Donald Trump. And if I knew the answer to this, um, I would be smarter than all the other pundits. <laughs> um the and so the the thing that 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 I had a hard time wrapping my head around because this came up during the campaign, Leslie, as you know. I mean, it was, I mean, Hillary Clinton did advertisements about it, and people talked about it. You talked about it. A lot of folks talk about it, and yet uh, there were some voters apparently who seemed to either didn't know this or or who were willing to forgive him for it. But I I think that kind of leadership. Uh, and, and I said this uh, last year as well, is is very important um, to practice what you uh, what you are preaching. Um, and so I you, you know, even if you were to accept the notion that because he was a private sector businessman and was um, uh, in some cases perhaps lo- looking for the lowest cost option, um, it uh, it's it's still uh, you know it's it still doesn't explain kind of what's happened to uh, his trade policy and to his his pre- procurement policy, which which uh, by and large has not yet taken shape. And uh, you know at least when it came to the buy American, hire American for pipelines, uh, it clearly has a big loophole in it. And so I just, you know, it's going to be interesting to go back to some of these steel communities uh, and, and some of these other other places that, that turned out and, and supported Trump to see, uh, to, to see how long of a leash uh, they are willing to give him on, on this, because it is a, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a conundrum. And uh, it's an easy talking point. If it was effective uh, in the general election, obviously someone else would be president. But uh, I think it's still worth having a conversation about. And, and one could, you know, I think plausibly make the argument that, uh, that you know, is, is he going to be willing to, uh, in fact, support policies that would work against the interests of his uh, or of the private sector holdings that, you know, now his family holds. He does not. Um, uh, that, that, that would change their sourcing patterns, potentially raise their costs or, or, or what have you. And I, I don't know how much exploration has occurred uh, of that issue in particular. I also uh, want to uh, talk about 
the, the people in the Rust Belt. I mean, the Rust Belt arguably is what put Trump, you know, over the edge with uh, the number of electoral votes in order to become uh, president. Uh, Hillary Clinton got a lot of grief for not visiting and paying enough attention to not only blue collar workers, uh, but talking enough about the economy. And it is the economy, stupid, and specifically jobs. And a lot of people say, look, I didn't like a lot of what Trump was saying. Uh, my youngest brother said he didn't like a lot of what Trump was saying, but people that work around him um, are individuals who who want to have better jobs, more opportunities, bring jobs back to America, job, 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 jobs. Well, the Rust Belt voters really, one could argue, made Donald Trump the president. Now he's president. They want jobs. But what do we hear? What do we see him doing? Uh, a Muslim ban accusing a former president of, of wiretapping. He's all over the map. And the thing that got him to the presidency to that Oval Office and the people that did, which are those Rust Belt voters who work in and care about manufacturing, you know, what numbers one through 10 on, you know, their, their hit parade. Um, they want jobs. Uh, it, it, it is the, is the president ignoring the people who elected him from where you sit, Scott, in your position within manufacturing, your knowledge of the sector? I mean, very much so. Uh, it's, uh, uh, the, you know, the, 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 he's lined up a bunch of these corporate announcements uh, about how, you know, their investments in the United States, how many jobs that's going to bring in. Um, I know a lot of reporters have dug into that and have discovered that a whole lot of that occurred, you know, well before uh, he, he became president um, or, or, or well before the campaign was over as well. These, these were, some of these were economic development decisions that have been the works for, for some time. So you have that. And, and then you also have, uh, yeah, where the focus of his energy and his time has been. And he's certainly done some high-profile meetings not a, you know, with labor leaders, with manufacturing leaders. Um, but when you look at the bulk of the policy and the, and the, and the, and the emphasis, it's, yeah, it's about the immigration. Uh, it's about uh, rolling back uh, worker protections. Um, it's, it's about the, uh, the, the Affordable Care Act. Uh, and it's not nearly as much about these kind of uh, uh, the, the, these uh, blue-collar uh, issues um, that uh, will require, believe me, a lot of hard work to get done because there are serious obstacles to progress on this, even with his own, within his own party. Um, so it is a, yeah, I, I view it as a huge distraction, and you're going to see from, I think, from, from, from the Trump perspective, all this political capital poured into these very divisive issues, uh, which aren't going to benefit workers, and then what's going to be left? I there is that's what my you know concern is and we don't want workers to have to wait four years with a president to you know change their mind and to vote for somebody different. Um, so many things uh, to talk about, and one of the things I alluded to earlier in the hour, Scott, was the Republicans definitely are poised to roll back worker safety regulations. There was a recent vote by the Senate that eliminated a rule that required federal contractors to disclose and correct serious safety violations, and the president is expected to sign it. Can you tell us more about this? Well, yes. In, in, in the Obama administration and, and in some past administrations uh, as, as well, there had been uh, performance requirements uh, uh, placed on federal contractors. The 
the rationale being that if a company wants to bid for tax dollars, the taxpayers should not only expect kind of a good value, a good service, a good product, uh, but also uh, reasonable behavior. Uh, you know, the, you, you don't want to reward companies that are, um, that, that are, that are ill-treating their workers or the environment uh, or, or, or actively uh, practicing discriminatory uh, hiring. Uh, and so uh, there, there were a number of, uh, of, of, of regulations put in place to try to deter this kind of negative corporate behavior, and, and one of them related to uh, companies uh, that had very serious uh, worker safety violations uh, to make them uh, ineligible um, for, uh, for federal contracts. Uh, and um, it is, uh, I have a hard time figuring out uh, why you know why why they would repeal this kind of uh, uh, of requirement and it, it it only passed by one vote so obviously it was very very close um, but but again if you're you know if you're a blue collar worker uh, you want reasonable worker safety assurances you want to make sure that the companies know that and I imagine most Americans would expect and want their tax dollars uh, to go to companies that are doing the right thing. Uh, as well as providing a good uh, service or product uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, for the for the public good, um, and uh, you know, you have uh, this regulatory uh, overhaul. Uh, you have these conversations about repealing the Affordable Care Act. Uh, this, Leslie, is a very traditional kind of like Republican agenda. Um, that's not the message I got out of the election. <laughs> and so I, you know, this, this, this uh, unified Republican government they have, they're trying to obviously squeeze uh, every, every ounce of possibility out of it, but it could ultimately work to the detriment of some of these other issues that are going to be far more important to voters down the road. Uh, let's take some calls. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is uh, the number. Uh, let's go to Matthew, who's joining us from Tucson, Arizona. Hey, Matthew, good afternoon. Welcome. Question or comment for Scott? You guys are great, Leslie. Thank you so much for what you do. Um, Scott, um, I don't know if you remember me. I, I worked with General Adams, uh, John Adams, uh, several times here in Tucson. Absolutely. Yeah, great to hear, great to hear your voice on the radio, Matthew. Well, it's, great. it's always great to hear you, and, and we thank you for all the things that you're doing every day uh, to protect Americans, uh, workers, and to um, help American workers find jobs and find good industries to work in. Um, my, th- my suggestion was, um, you know, at some point the Congress is going to have to um, link, you know, paying for an infrastructure bill. Um, I would encourage you to, um, you know, if when they, when they complain that they can't find the money or they want to go and, and kill medic, you know, steal the money from entitlement benefits, um, I would encourage you to, to consider linking it to the overseas money that's sitting there on corporations' balance books that they want to bring home and find a way to link that to in infrastructure projects if, and, and allow them to buy bonds um, that will be held for 10 years or so um, to pay for infrastructure projects and link that again to uh, the issue of buying American. Um, steel is a great example. 
the exemption that the administration just gave on, um, you know, the Keystone Pipeline is is a complete anomaly, considering that that basically the Canadians are buying Russian steel from an oligarch who put Putin in in office. Again, I'm just going to say thank you for everything you do, and um, obviously this administration's rhetoric does not match reality. But we need to be aggressive by having Congress initiate bills, have press conferences, and put it out there for the public to consume good ideas as well as the bad ones that they're putting out. Thank you. All right. Scott, any comment? Yeah, well, I think Matthew is right on target with the with the policies, and certainly uh, we need infrastructure investment. It's something that's traditionally had bipartisan support. The the the, the issue has been always how how to pay for it, how big. Uh, and, and Matthew referenced another issue that's very important to American workers, which is the the Buy America component of it, and the fact that the materials should be sourced from the United States rather than from countries like Russia and China, uh, that we ought not to be subsidizing them with our with our tax dollars. That's common sense. And so uh, we're going to be very engaged in that debate. Um, we've, we've already taken some actions and, and would invite folks to, to, to head to our website to see, see how they could be a part of it as well, AmericanManufacturing.org. Uh, but I think that this, this is the, the very type of issue, Leslie, that I was talking about. It's going to take a lot of political capital to get infrastructure past and how much scar tissue has built up between Democrats and Donald Trump uh, already because of the very divisive actions that he has taken. It's really going to undermine the chance for progress on some of these other issues, I think. Well, I want to talk about because they're, oh, are we out of time? Are we done or no? Taking a break. Okay, good, good. I was like, I didn't have enough Scott time. Okay, we'll be back with Scott. And if you have questions, Scott and Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, is here to take your questions and to hear your comments and to comment on those as well. Pick up the phone and join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. The website is AmericanManufacturing.org, and we're speaking with Scott Paul, the president. You can follow him on Twitter, at Scott Paul AAM. Want to hear from you. How do you feel about Republicans poised to roll back workers' safety regulations. I know some people think regulations are strangling these uh, manufacturing uh, companies, but aren't the regulations in place to protect the worker? And speaking of worker, how do we bring jobs back to America? The president isn't saying that, and he's not doing it with his own manufacturing and production overseas. And what will it take to get you to buy American? We'll be back with more after this. 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Marshall, back with Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, I forgot to say with that caller, it's I think it's awesome when um, our guests on the show start to have their own following. <laughs> 
yeah, a fan club. It, it is. Let, let's say that it's a very exclusive in scope right now, Leslie. <laughs> oh no, I'll I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you uh, seriously. You guys, you Leo Gerard, I'll get emails sometimes. Like, can you tell Leo this? Can you tell Scott that? Or you know that they'll comment to me on Twitter about you guys and other guests as well. Uh, but there's definitely about a half a dozen of you that are favorites, and and you are one of them. I cannot lie. Um, I I I want to uh, talk more about. Uh, the regulations and uh, safety violations. Scott, what is your response for people out there that say that, you know, it's because of unions, we have so many regulations and this is why companies have gone overseas and, you know, unions get demonized because of that. Republicans love to use that as a talking point and we don't even need to make this political uh, because there are people who weren't Republicans who voted for Donald Trump um, and, you know, people in unions uh, that voted for Donald Trump who, like you had mentioned earlier, normally have voted for a Democrat or were supporters uh, of Democrats in the past. Um, but aren't, aren't these, isn't this one of the reasons we have unions to make sure that workers um, have such regulations in place for their own safety? Uh, right. And, and this is, I mean, you know, the unions built the middle class. They provided political stability in the United States as they have all over the world. And um, doing things that would erode worker safety uh, or the balance of power between uh, unions and, and companies is ultimately not going to serve the purpose that, that neither Trump wants nor some of his supporters uh, want, which is a strong manufacturing base, uh, you know, opportunities for workers who don't necessarily have a four-year college degree. Uh, and when you look at at, at countries that successfully compete globally in manufacturing and, and that what I would call are developed countries, you know, uh, rather than uh, early stages of development countries like Vietnam, for instance, it, it, uh, there's, one, there's one thing that these com- com- countries have in common, and it's that they, they treat workers uh, reasonably well because they understand that there is some value to their skills, to their knowledge, and that that adds value to the economy and doesn't take it away from it. And so I, we're not going to win a race to the bottom with Mexico or with Vietnam or with China or with any other country, nor would we want to. That would be terrible for our economy, for our middle class. And so finding policies that will boost wages, boost the skills of workers, uh, make sure that we have uh, an appropriate amount of protection for clean water, for clean air, for worker safety, uh, and that we have the right macroeconomic policies on our exchange rates, on our trade policy, uh, you know, that's what makes the big difference to, to if, whether or not we have a competitive uh, economy. And, and unions and companies together help to build a very strong middle class uh, after World War II. Uh, and I think that if given the opportunity, we can do it again. When something's called the fair pay and safe workplaces rule, at least that's what the regulation is dubbed, to me it's it's just common sense uh, that you don't eliminate such a regulation. Last word, Scott, and uh, just uh, just about 30 seconds here. Yeah, well, I, again, I think this is a big issue right now is that what what Trump is saying, what the administration is doing – are two different things right now. And, and right now they're following kind of the Republican playbook script with one or two exceptions here or there. Uh, is that going to cause 
tremendous divisions between Democrats and Republicans uh, in the Congress that's going to lead to more gridlock. That's not what people voted for. So yeah, we we got to keep pushing, and I'm glad the caller, Matthew, mentioned that as well. we got to keep pushing them. Thank you, Scott. Always a pleasure. We'll be talking to Scott again soon, and you can follow what he and the American, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Alliance for American Manufacturing are doing. Go to the website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Paul AAM. That's Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Paul, P-A-U-L, A-A-M. I'm Leslie Marshall. Always more to come on the only true democracy in talk radio.